The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. The Bills top the Chiefs in Kansas City. Going to tuck it and fight his way. The surge pushing him down to the two and into the end zone for the touchdown. It was a pile driving touchdown run by Josh Allen from six yards out. 2017, the final score of the game, not without its heart-stopping moments for Bills fans. Tight end off the formation. Mahomes back to pass. Flag flies. Mahomes deep over the middle. Complete to a wide-open Kelsey at the 30 to the 25. Laterals it to Kadarius Toney. 20-10-5. Touchdown, Kansas City. There is a flag. What a play. I believe it's against the Chiefs. Offside. Number 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone, five-yard penalty, second down. That was a huge penalty call. It's on Kadarius Tony, who was the guy that scored the touchdown. That penalty was a big one. Chris Brown on the call. He was right. What a play. Didn't count, though. It had Patrick Mahomes talking after. It's obviously tough to swallow. I mean, not only for, for me, but just for football in general, I mean, just... To take away greatness like that, I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows what we win, but as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game, and that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag, they didn't get called on the Marquez, and so, I mean, I, I mean they're human, man, they make mistakes, but I mean, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys, that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended Another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough as well. It's Mahomes after the game, uh, reportedly taken from the media room in the Wambulance. <laughs> Bills win and combined uh, with some other scores improves their playoff hopes. But they're still on the outside looking in. Need as many wins as possible, and they play Dallas Sunday at home. It's a 425 kickoff, another uh, big game against a big opponent for the Bills, yeah. who have uh, kind of had this gauntlet of really tough matchups here but what a game yesterday oh my God, the way that ended I, I feel like the bills are usually the ones that get that yeah. late penalty call on the other side of we've, things we've been there so um, it's your turn kansas city yeah just uh just incredible in every uh, way shape and form uh again 425 kickoff we'll have uh, later on this morning sal capacho is down the sidelines uh we'll see if even he saw the offside on that play which is uh I, surprising to me I, I don't know if it was surprising to you that that has become the talk of the game after the fact I mean it's driven by Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes right. the Chiefs talking about it you know over and over after the game but I just wasn't a controversial call I no. don't think to anybody no. until they started complaining about it that's so. right Absolutely. strange that that's the talk today but anyways other news Erie County Executive Mark Polinkar's will not run for Congress for the seat currently held by Congressman Brian Higgins. In a statement released on Sunday, Polinkar said he appreciates the outpouring of support and interest from community leaders, the public, and the Erie County Democratic Committee, but he will remain as county executive. He cited the new Bill Stadium, Renaissance Commerce Park in Lackawanna, and ErieNet as projects that he remains focused on. As for who is running, State Senator Tim Kennedy has announced his candidacy for Higgins' seat, and Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown has also signaled he's interested in the seat. Higgins' resignation is effective in February. Well, new faces will help lead the Central Terminal Restoration Corporation, but 
What other changes can we expect for this piece of Buffalo history? WBEN's Brayton Wilson has more. As work to restore the historic Buffalo Central Terminal continues to progress, the Central Terminal Restoration Corporation has added four new board members in preparation for the long-term outlook of making the East Buffalo Landmark a lasting cultural and economic hub for the community. We've been doing some great stuff over at the Central Terminal Restoration Corporation for the past couple of years. One of the things that we've been doing in addition to the construction and preparing for construction and hiring a developer and all that stuff is capacity building. Bringing a board that will have the wherewithal to move this project forward. That's James Morell, board chair for the CTRC. Morell feels the four additions to the board are strategically integral in terms of what they bring to the table in the community and their goal of moving the project across the finish line. In terms of what's going on right now with the Central Terminal project, Morell says a lot has been happening behind the scenes to improve a number of elements with the Buffalo Landmark. Fixed a barrel roof. We've done a lot of structural analysis to make sure that we can continue with the project. We're in phase two of a, about a $20 million effort to basically stabilize the building, to look at the parking garage and make sure that we could build a parking lot back on top of the underground parking garage. We'll be boarding up the windows with specific type of window treatment. It will look like it's boarded up, but it has a special meaning in terms of it will allow the building to breathe, but not let water in. More from Morell on the future of Central Terminal Restoration efforts is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, thanks, Brayton. The U.S. expediting the sale of 13,000 rounds of tank shells to Israel. The State Department invoked an emergency provision in the Arms Export Control Act to bypass a congressional review. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says Israel's immediate military needs justified the rare decision to sell weaponry to Israel without getting congressional approval. We want to make sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself against Hamas. A small portion of what has been requested is going through on an emergency basis. The shells are part of a bigger sale that the Biden administration is asking Congress to approve. Okay, WBEN News Time. Now 5.08, former President Trump abruptly canceling plans to testify in his own defense in New York City today at a civil fraud trial over his family's business assets. The former president has denied any wrongdoing. This is a case that should have never been brought. This is a witch hunt. This is election interference at a level that has never seen before. The trial now set to resume on Tuesday with the cross-examination of defense accounting expert Eli Bartov. Once his testimony concludes, it's expected the defense will rest. It's Allison Kosick with the latest from New York City. Scammers are targeting popular gift cards this holiday season. Police warn thieves steal the cards and remove the scratch-off stickers. Those stickers hide the code that's used to redeem the card. The scammers record that code and then replace the sticker and go back to the store, returning the cards to the shelf for unsuspecting shoppers to buy. 44% of shoppers are expected to buy a gift card this holiday season, meaning scammers have lots of opportunity. To protect yourself, carefully inspect any gift card before buying it, checking for abnormal wear and tear, and consider buying the gift card online directly from the retailer. Some authorities now pushing stores to lock up their gift cards to prevent scams. Jeez, wow. uh, another thing uh, yeah. behind closed stores. But we've heard about this for a couple of years, right? Where this is like the type of 
people will look, you know, scratch off that or peel off that yeah. little code thing. You, then you take it and cover it back up. You really got to inspect your gift card to make sure. And I've seen more and more, maybe this is because of that now, where it's not like the card. You can't have access on. it. Right? Yeah, it's like inside right, an envelope uh, where you can't rip it open or anything like that. So. Uh, maybe that's the reason why. But uh, gift cards, just be on the lookout. Anything that looks like it's been... Tampered with? Yeah, just manhandled or something like that. Maybe leave it on the shelf. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Mostly cloudy, breezy, and cool today. Temperatures in the mid-30s with snow showers mostly south of Buffalo. Tonight, we'll have a little bit of snow roll through the metro area very early on Tuesday. Overnight lows in the upper 20s. Tomorrow, partly sunny, strong winds, temperatures near 40. Mix of sun and clouds mid-30s on Wednesday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Ava Thomas from the Family Justice Center is on the WBEN Trocare College live line. Community groups are sounding the alarm about domestic violence cases in western New York. Ava, is there a noticeable increase and what are you seeing at the Family Justice Center? Yes, we are certainly seeing an increase in the level of violence experienced by survivors, in particular strangulation. Why is that, do you think? I think it can be due to several things. Uh, you know, when we look at increased economic hardships coupled with decreased access to services, in particular mental health services, even looking at what has happened to our community, especially last year, we had a horrific mass shooting. We had a horrendous blizzard and tensions are rising, all of these things, anything happening in the community is going to affect domestic violence. Do many of these cases result in criminal charges and prosecution? They can, yes. Even if you, <clears throat> excuse me, even if you call police and you feel like your voice wasn't heard or charges couldn't be made at that time, when you link with one of our domestic violence advocates, we work very closely with police, and we can work with the district attorney's office. We also have a forensic medical unit, which is extremely important, especially if criminal charges are going to move forward. So you can be assessed by our nurse, get your injuries documented. So we have a, a variety of ways that we can assist on that end. You know, as far as the increase, is it how much of an increase is it that you're seeing in these cases? So as we reach the end of 2023, we are nearing 700 strangulations reported this year by survivors seeking services through our agency. When we compare that to 2021, there were 174 reported strangulations. You know, I'm thinking it, it takes courage, right, for someone to come forward and report this. Do a lot of victims blame themselves? How much of a stigma still exists with these types of cases? Absolutely. It's, it's something that is difficult when we're working with a survivor because we know that one of the number one things that they're facing is their own shame and fear that they have of what they have experienced. Oftentimes they blame themselves because when they look back on the relationship, they can see the red flags. They now know those red flags and what that means now in their relationship. And so oftentimes that self-blame is a part of the process 
it's one of the things that our advocates work really diligently with survivors of domestic violence to empower them and let them know that it's not their fault and that there are people here to support them. Yeah, I'm wondering, are there certain methods you use to convince somebody that they are in a dangerous situation and they need to get away? Yes, part of the services that we provide is we believe that knowledge is power. And so when you link with one of our advocates, you get to decide how much or how little information you provide. We never force anything, never force a service. We really believe that survivors are the experts in their own lives and in their situations. So our job in our agency is to let them know of the services and supports that are available to go over some assessments with them. If someone has been strangled, to link them with our nurse, to also just go over what's happening to their body. Oftentimes when a survivor can understand the physical consequences of the abuse, they start to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together a little more clearer than without that. How have motives of domestic violence changed over the years. Is there is there more drinking, more drug use? Can you tell? That's hard to tell, um, but certainly substance use, drinking, um, things like the holidays and sporting events, we generally see a spike in DV cases after, you know, those particular incidents uh, because of the substance use. So it can be something that increases the risk of domestic violence happening, but it's not necessarily the cause. So if an abuser is a substance user, then stopping the substance use does not mean the abuse will stop. If someone is listening to this and wants help now, what should they do? Please reach out and link with one of our advocates at the Family Justice Center. Again, you get to decide how much or how little information is provided. We don't even need to know your name. You can remain completely anonymous. And, and that's really so that you can get the information that you deserve to help keep you as safe as possible. Ava, thank you for joining me this morning. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's Ava Thomas from the Family Justice Center. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.